Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Aloha and welcome to the second episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and I'm so glad you're here today. Guys, I am just getting so excited as I think ahead of all the different topics I want to cover on this podcast, so many people I want to bring on an interview, and also special features I want to try out here. And so we'll be doing some different things over these next weeks as we just get a feel for what you like and what works for me. And I'm just super, super excited. Now, if you missed the last episode, I hope you will go back and check out the intro introduction just to learn a little about me and um, my family and also just what I plan to do here in these first episodes because today is kicking off my very first series and this is where we will begin to cover all of the topics that I cover in my book, Boy Mom. So we're going to be talking about what your son most needs from you, what your son needs so that you can launch him into independence one day knowing that he is prepared, that he is equipped all of the different areas that I think moms should be intentional about because no, we can't do everything. We'll never get it all in there, but what are the things that matter most and how can we be sure to cover them in the short years that we have our boys? And yes, it is true that the days may feel very long when they're little, but the years are short. So what do they need most? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about. And I'm super excited that we get to start that today. But before I even dive in to today's topic, I want to make a note about these, um, just something to keep in mind as we go through each of these topics. And that is the fact that there's a whole range of topics we're going to be covering. And some of them are going to feel real natural to you, while some of them might feel a little less comfortable. So some of the topics you're going to be like, yeah, I've got that one. I'm doing really well. And um, for those episodes for those chapters of my book is my hope that you're just going to find a few more practical tools, some encouragement to keep doing what you're doing. You can pat yourself on the back and say, wow, I'm doing good in that one. And that'll be a huge encouragement to you. But then for other topics, you might be like, oh my goodness, this is something I haven't put much thought into. It just might not be on your parenting radar. And for those, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged that you can catch it still while you're still raising your sons. Now that is completely normal and natural. There 
are areas that we're just more naturally bent towards as people, areas that we, whether it's how we were raised or things we're more interested in, that we're just going to naturally be drawn to focus on as parents. And then those other areas that we're like, oh, haven't even hardly thought about that, or I've thought about it, but I haven't really been intentional about how I'm approaching that. Now you can trust me, I feel the exact same way. Some of these feel more natural to me than others. And I even confess in my book, there's one specific chapter, and I'll tell you what it is when we get to that podcast episode. But it was an area that I had hardly put any thought into until my first son was already in his gap year. Literally, I was just kind of shocked to go, how have we overlooked this? We have not prepared our son well to be ready to be launched into independence. So I was so thankful that he took a gap year because that gave me a little extra time to catch up and cover some ground so that when he did leave um, for college, I felt like he was totally ready in that area as well. But I'm just saying that so that you know that it's okay if some of these feel a little more natural than others. And hopefully for those areas that you don't feel as comfortable, some of the practical tools I offer will be helpful to you and you'll be able to hone in and really refocus on those areas and um, and see some changes right away. That would be my heart and my goal. So just wanted to make sure to mention that. And so now we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about our first topic. And we're going to dive right into chapter two of the book, which is all about building a healthy relationship with your son. And this is so foundational to the rest of the book. And that's part of the reason I really wanted to cover it on my own because I just wanted to share some of the actual content from the book. In the next two episodes, I'll have a friend with me on and we're just going to be chatting like two mom, boy moms talking about um, her experience and just chatting about the topic. But today I'm actually going to pull some of the main nuggets from chapter two of the book. And this one is so important because really when you think about it, you can be on your game in all kinds of areas of raising your son. I mean, you can be on your game in technology or have great rules and boundaries in place for dating. You can teach him money management. You can do a whole lot. But if you don't have a healthy relationship with your son, then he's not likely to receive much from you, at least at a heart level. I mean, he might go through the motions and follow your rules, but you're probably not molding and shaping his heart the way you want to if you don't have a healthy relationship with him. So this is really foundational to the rest of the book. And that's why I wanted to share um, just directly out of the chapter here today. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dive in and I'm going to share the four building blocks of a healthy relationship with your son. And of course, we're just going to scratch the surface here today. You'll have to find more in chapter two of the Boy Mom book. But I do want to share some of the nuggets and hopefully things that you can begin to work on and focus on right away, whatever age your son is. So the four building blocks of a healthy relationship with your son are love, trust, respect, and grace love, trust, respect, and grace. So if you have a pen and paper handy or you can put some notes in your phone, you might want to here. If not, take some mental notes. You can always return to it later. But what we're going to do is we're just going to touch on each of those building blocks. I'm going to give you a few practical tools and hopefully you can start applying them right away and let me know how it goes. Okay. So we're going to dive into love. Love sounds so obvious, right? As moms, we love our boys. We are connectors and nurturers by nature. And yet, Sometimes that love uh, is a little more natural than others. And, and there's someone out there that might need to hear this. So I'm just going to take a minute to talk to you. If maybe you struggle in this area of feeling that natural bond with your son. Now, I get a lot of emails from moms. And sometimes I hear from moms who tell me they have never admitted it out loud to anyone. But they really struggle because they don't necessarily feel super connected to their son or their daughter. Again, most of the things we talk about here, here's my little side note, will apply to daughters too. But anyway, we're talking about boys. So I'm just going to say 
that some moms just say, maybe they all have an older child that they felt really connected to, and, or one or two even. And then a child comes along and they're like, what is wrong with me? I don't feel that natural connection and I don't know what to do. And they oftentimes feel really ashamed, feel guilty about that. And so I want to speak to you if you've had those feelings and just let you know from me to you that it's okay that it's going to be all right. You absolutely can build a healthy relationship with a child, even if you struggle in that area of feeling a natural bond. Now, there are so many factors you need to keep in mind when you're raising your kids, everything from the birth order to what's going on in your life, your hormones, your marriage, your job, all the different factors play a role here. So if you struggle in that area, don't beat yourself up about it. No guilt, no shame. Just know that you can build that and I want to help you do it. Okay, so someone out there hopefully needed to hear that and be encouraged. All right, so we're going to talk about building that love relationship. And if you do feel a natural love when they're little, what that looks like as they grow up, because that's the other thing I hear probably almost more than anything is I hear from moms who say, I used to feel so close to my little boy. We were just the closest friends. I, we had such a healthy relationship, but now as he's growing up, he's starting to pull away. He might be spending more time with friends or he might even be hanging out with dad more, which of course we all want, right? We feel good about the idea of a boy bonding with his dad, but sometimes our mom hearts are a little needy and we're like, wait, what happened to me? I want to still feel close to you. And so moms are asking the question, how do I let him go, give him the independence he needs while still maintaining a healthy connection? Because we all want to think that we're going to be able to have a healthy connection with our sons that will last a lifetime. We want to think that we're going to be friends, you know, until our dying day. So moms are like, how do I keep that connection while still letting him go? And that's what we're going to talk about now. So as far as love goes, my biggest encouragement to you is to really let your love grow up with your son. And this is really about being kind of a student of our sons, looking at them and, and asking what in this season of their life do they need most? How, how can I fill their love tank? And when they're little, sometimes it's just snuggles and baby talk and all that. But as they grow up, their love tank is going to be filled in different ways. Sometimes they just, you need to be there for them to rattle off whatever is on their mind. The, the details tells from the last movie they watched or from the dream they had last night and some of you know what I'm talking about that can require a whole lot of patience and then as they get older sometimes it's just feeding them their favorite food by the time they're teenagers it's those late night chats I mean usually about the time I want to crash into bed is about the time my boys are ready to start talking and sometimes sitting on the edge of their bed late at night and letting them unload on me is the most loving thing I can do. And often that's the time that boys open up the most. So letting our love grow up with our sons is a huge key. Now, one of my favorite resources on this topic of love um, comes from a book probably many of you have read, and it's called The Five Love Languages of Children, and it's written by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell. And here's a little quote from that book that I think is helpful. It says, Every child has a special way of perceiving love. There are basically five ways children, indeed all people, speak and understand emotional love. They are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. You may truly love your child, but unless he or she feels it, unless you speak the love language that communicates to him your love, he will not feel loved. 
And that is such a great reminder because we tend to speak to our children in the love language that we understand most. So some of us are giving our kids lots of acts of service. We're doing all of the things for them, but maybe we're not spending the quality time they need. Or maybe we have a kid whose love language is physical touch and we're not big huggers. We're not big snugglers and they need that. So how can we be students of our sons, of our kids individually and think what is going to make him feel most loved in the season that he's in? Now, I know I've missed the mark on this one many times with my four sons. They're all very different from one another. And one son recently was going through kind of a hard stage and I remember bringing him a couple little gifts. I was just thinking of him while I was out and I brought him some little gifts and thinking, you know, he doesn't act very excited about those. Like he appreciated it, but it didn't seem to do much for him. And then it occurred to me, well, of course, that son's love language is quality time. He wanted time with me and I hadn't slowed down and sat down and given him my undivided attention. So I spent a couple of days just investing a few minutes at a time. I'm not talking hours. I didn't block out a day of my life, but I just was like, hey, let's go for a run together. Let's go for a walk together. We just got out and spent that time talking and just letting him kind of share what was going on in his life. Um, maybe just sitting there watching a movie together. Some kids consider that quality time just being with mom. So I encourage you to be students of your children and and kind of look for the areas that they seem to um, need the most love how what will fill their love tank the most so that's my word of encouragement when it comes to love and then just continuing to have conversations with them even asking them straight out listen what can I do to make you feel loved right now because sometimes we don't know right and there's nothing wrong with being honest and just telling our kids I love you and I want to make sure you feel loved and there are oftentimes very honest when it comes to this stuff and they might tell you you've been too busy mom you're distracted you don't have time for me and it might hurt a little but it's going to help us do a whole lot better job okay so again much more about the foundation of love in chapter two of my book but we're going to move on to the foundation of trust now trust is a big deal Trust is one of those things I talk to my eight-year-old a lot about. I tell him that his older brothers get to do so many cool things in life because they have earned my trust, that they over time have shown me that they are trustworthy. And so I give them a lot of freedoms. And if they ever prove to um, abuse that freedom, if they're ever not trustworthy, then I'm going to pull back and take away some of their freedoms. And I make sure that's really clear with all of my kids. And so I tell my eight-year-old, I just say, Levi, you, you need to be someone I can trust. And in little ways, I give him opportunities to prove that he's trustworthy. So I might tell him like, he, you know, of course, asks for my phone. He wants to play a game and I'll give him a little chance to prove himself. I'll say, okay, if you can play with this for 10 minutes, but you need to bring it to me in 10 minutes. Don't wait to get caught going overtime. I, I, can you set a timer and bring it to me? And sure enough, if I let him know that this is about him earning my trust, because in the future, when he wants my phone again, I want to give it to him. So I say, buddy, you got to show me that you're trustworthy. And when he starts to understand that, he will bring me my phone in 10 minutes because he has realized that that's all about earning trust and doing the cool things his big brothers do. So I tell him when it comes to um, telling me stories, all the things, sometimes little boys want to exaggerate and tell, you know, make things sound a little bigger and better than they were. His, his five foot waves might be one foot waves when he goes surfing, but I'll tell him really, it's best to speak the simple truth. I want to know that what you say is true and I want to be able to trust you. 
Now, when it comes to trust, I remind moms that it does go both ways. We teach our boys what trust is really from the time they're born. When a baby cries and we pick it up, when they're hungry and we feed them, when um, we take care of our kids and make them feel safe and comfortable, they're learning what trust is. And that is huge. That is such an important part of motherhood. But then as they grow up, trust is about more than that, more than just their physical needs. They begin to pick up on signs from us. If, if we are who we say we are, if we are good for our word, if we follow through on promises and further, do we talk about them and tell stories to friends that would embarrass them or share photos on social media? I know I've been caught doing that and I had to remove it and ask forgiveness because I'm losing trust from my son if I do things that will embarrass him. So we want to remember as moms that trust goes both ways and building a healthy relationship will be both sides earning one another's trust. No, we won't be perfect. Again, talking through things is super important, but trust is a big one and I encourage you to really focus on that in your relationship with your son. Okay, we're going to move right along now and talk about the third building block, which is respect. Ooh, respect is a big one. And um, this is an area that, you know, I, at the risk of sounding like an old lady, I'm just going to say, I think our culture is really lacking in respect as far as kids speaking and, and I'm treating their parents with respect. I know when I'm out in public, I'm often surprised by the way I see kids talking to their parents. And I think in many ways, parents have normalized this. It's almost like expected that kids will be rude or disrespectful, that they'll roll their eyes or slam a door. And this is an area that from the beginning, I really have been firm with my boys and setting a standard of respect. I don't tolerate any door slamming, anybody saying the whole whatever. (laughs) When I hear that, I'm like, no, 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 never try that with me because that is so disrespectful. So this is an area that I think it's easy to let creep in. If I'm honest, my eight-year-old, I catch him being kind of sassy with his dad, especially because I think, um, that my husband thinks he's kind of funny and he is, but we have to watch ourselves because I'm like, where it might seem funny now, that will not be funny in 10 years. We need to watch um, what we let him get by with and we really need to hone in on that area of respect. So I encourage parents to teach their kids, what does respect look like? Talk to them about body language. Talk to them about the words they say, not just in public, but at home. And then have consequences in place if they do act disrespectfully. And of course, we want this respect thing to be something that comes from the heart, not just external actions or behavior, but a heart attitude. And we've talked to our kids a lot just about what it looks like to ha- to honor parents, to have a respectful attitude that stems from truly honoring their parents. And we like to remind them that in the Bible, God tells, our, tells kids to honor their parents. And not only that, but it's the one command that comes with a promise. So we'll remind our boys of Exodus 2012 that says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And we do that somewhat jokingly, but just to remind them that God sees, God cares, that there is a reward for honoring your parents. And when they show us respect, we hope it's coming from the heart. Now, one thing I know when my first son was young, I had a friend tell me, um, and I don't think there's science behind this, but I think it is a good theory. She said, basically, however your toddler is behaving, fast forward that 10 years, and that's going to be pretty much their behavior as a teenager. And that scared me. That made me realize that, you know, an occasional tantrum is normal. Yes, kids melt down, they get tired, they get overwhelmed. But if it, if it becomes normal or regular for our kids to be treating us rudely and disrespectfully, think about what that will look like in 10 years. And if it's something you don't want, if you don't want 
want to fast forward 10 years and have the way your child acts now be the standard, then be careful and really hone in on that area. You might have a teenager that's really rude and disrespectful and you have to think, what will that look like as a young adult? And realize that the way he treats you is likely to be how he learns to treat other women and one day his wife. So that alone should be a motivator to really help us to require respect and to teach them what that looks like. Now, of course, there is grace. Kids do go through stages. I'm not going to discount that. They go through stages. They have hard times. Um, We need to give grace. We need to give them some space to grow up and figure things out. But I also do believe we shouldn't let things go too far. We need to keep in conversation and let them know um, that there is a limit, that there is a boundary, that there is a standard that we want them to follow. And it is for their own good as well as for us. We shouldn't be treated that way. We want to be appreciated. And it all makes such a difference. If they know how they're expected to behave and then if they are having a rough time to go find an outlet to deal with it. And these are all topics, of course, that will come up in other episodes on other topics. But um, just to be clear that I'm not saying we have to hop on every moment that there might be a little bad behavior, but to notice, is this a pattern? Is this becoming regular? And if so, to um, do something about it sooner than later. Now, similar to trust, respect is something that absolutely goes both ways. And this is something I've learned more about just in the past couple of years. I've read a book years ago by, um, I hope I say his name right, Emerson Agerichs, I believe. And he had written a marriage book called Love and Respect. Uh, The premise of that book is really about the motivating needs of men and women. Women are motivated by love. We need love the most and men need respect. So that was a a good read, an interesting book. But more recently, the same author, Agerichs, wrote a book called called Mother and Son. Um, And in it, I'll just read you his quote here. He says, I am calling you as a mother to become an expert in the language of respect that your son speaks, not only because it will bless and energize your son, but also because it will enable you to show him how to be a respectful person. So in this book, uh, what the author talks about is using, he calls them respect words. As moms, we can begin to speak into our sons respectfully, um, kind of calling out their masculinity, I guess. And I've tried this with my boys, and I've tried to make this more a normal part of my vocabulary when I talk to them. And that's all about uh, just encouraging them by using words like, you know, I respect what you just did. I admire this in you. You know, I see a lot of um, the young man you're becoming is really starting to show, you know, I just use words that build up his manhood, his, his emerging manhood. And I think it's even possible to correct a son and use respect words. So if I'm honest, I can think back of times where I stood over a 17 year old with my hands on my hips and I scolded him like a child. And I'm embarrassed when I think back I'm like, that was so demeaning. That was just not cool at all. Even if he kind of deserved it in the moment, it seemed. The truth is there's a proper way to do that, especially as our boys get older. So I've learned to say things like, hey, you know, I need to correct this and I will very clearly explain what needs to be corrected. But then I'll try to add like, buddy, I really respect that you are trying to do that on your own. You are doing that so independently. And I admire that you're really acting like a young man by trying to do that on your own. However, and then I carry on with like what needs to be done differently. So that's um, a, a good reminder for us to speak to our boys with respect words and to build a relationship of mutual respect with our sons. Okay, we're going to dive right into that fourth um uh, 
foundation, that fourth building block of our relationship with our sons. And that is what I call the glue of grace. Oh, grace is huge. Grace is defined as unmerited favor. And I remind myself and my family that every day we wake up is God's grace. Um, Every breath we breathe, we haven't earned any of it. And so grace is just evident in my life in so many ways. And the more I'm aware of God's grace in my life, the more I have grace to give to my kids. Because let's face it, we're going to mess up moms. We're going to mess up probably every day. And our kids are surely going to mess up as well. So we all need grace. Now, my friend Jeannie Cunyon wrote a great book um, called Mom Set Free. And in this book, uh, she has a quote that I love. It says, friend, to give our kids grace, we have to believe and accept God's grace for us because we can't give what we haven't received. And that is such an important reminder. If if you're like me and you tend to beat yourself up or be hard on yourself when you make mistakes, I encourage you to just go to the Lord in prayer, receive his grace, and then receive his strength to just do it better next time. And we can be honest with our kids. We can let them know when we've messed up and ask their forgiveness. And we can let them know that we're receiving God's grace to move on and put it behind us. And in the same way, we want to extend grace to our sons. We want to let them know that you can mess up, but if you pick yourself up and keep moving and depend on God to help you do it better next time, um, then you're walking in grace. So having that thread of grace woven throughout everything is hugely important in raising our sons. So again, the four building blocks I covered are love, trust, respect, and grace. And there's so much more to it in the chapter of my book, second chapter. So I hope you can get your hands on that and find more. But before I close, I want to do something fun. Um, At the end of every chapter of the book, I have a a practical resource that I offer to readers. And um, these will all have links to my blog where there will be a printable version. So you can always print it out and um, hang it up somewhere or start using it right away, carry it around with you. But the end of chapter two has a list of 20 ways to make your son feel loved. And I thought I would just pull a couple of these out to share with you here that you might be able to put into practice right away. And um, Some of these are pretty simple, might be things you're already doing, and others might surprise you or be a fun new way to make your son feel loved. So I'm going to start with, I'll go number two, scratch his back. Nothing says love better than a back scratch. Now, I know our kids all have love languages, but I'm pretty sure that the universal love language of kids is back scratch. I know it was mine growing up, and all of my boys love a back scratch. So taking some time to just give them that physical touch, it might be 30 seconds or a minute, but it truly makes kids feel loved when you sit and just give them that physical touch. Okay, another one. Oh, number five, let him overhear you speaking well of him to someone else. And I love this, guys. It's not about being phony or making something up, but it's about picking something about your son, about his day or something he's doing, and just making sure he overhears you telling someone about it. I do this a lot when my husband comes home from work. I'll just brag on how well one of the boys did in their school that day or just something nice he did for someone. I don't say it to my son, but I say it so he's in earshot, and it's fun. I always see his, you know, shoulders go back a little and and you can tell he's just feeling good about himself because dad is hearing mom speak well of him. So that's one way to make our son feel loved. Okay, one more here. Number nine, laugh at his jokes. 
oh, there's such a bond in humor. We can really enjoy good boy humor with our kids if we want to. And sometimes for me, this is just gathering with them to look at a funny cat video or a silly meme. Um, when, when we get to laugh with our kids, I think that just builds a healthy relationship. And then um, to follow that, I say, find some good jokes to tell him. <laughs> when my boys were little, I ordered like kid joke books just so I could have silly jokes to share with them that would make them laugh. And I think that really did help build our relationship. And um, I'm going to leave you with number 20. I'm going to give you the best one, which is to just put your phone or device away and just be with your son with no agenda. Your undivided attention speaks love to your son. This may sound like the most obvious thing in the world, but man, it is easy in the busyness of our days to just constantly be distracted, to be listening to them while either looking at our phone or looking down at the dishes or whatever we're doing. So I encourage you to put things aside and just spend five to 10 minutes just sitting there with your son. He might be quiet. You might just sit and enjoy his presence and it might feel awkward at first, but usually if we give our boys enough time, they're going to open up and start to talk. And that's where a relationship can really build. So I encourage you to look for an opportunity very soon to give your son your undivided attention and see what happens. Now, I always love to hear from you. If you want to tell me how any of this is going for you and your son, you can email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. And also remember, there will be show notes over at my blog, monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. So there will always be show notes and links to anything I mention over there as well. So guys, I'm going to wrap up, but I truly appreciate you being here with me today. And I hope you'll go over to iTunes or wherever you found this and um, leave a quick rating and review. Please tell your friends about it. Subscribe to this podcast. Help me get a running start because man, it is a loud world. Lots of noise, lots of podcasts out there. And I would love to um, just know that other moms around the world are finding this podcast. So I might encourage other boy moms as well. So thank you again for your time. I look forward to next week where I'm going to have a friend with me and we're going to be chatting for the next two episodes. And I think you're really going to enjoy everything she has to say. So appreciate your time. God bless you. And until next time, aloha.